have no shortage of confidence now that I'm, <laughs> I've gained my head back, if you can't tell. If you got a dream, make it happen. So that's a lot of what I've said today in this entire podcast. But if you got a dream, make it happen. So because that little kid wanted to make it happen. So that, that is a big question. If you mm-hmm. were, like you say, how did you end up playing on a so, Division Two team? <laughs> You're listening to the Water Prairie Chronicles, a podcast that supports parents of children with disabilities by sharing the stories of individuals who have grown up with disabilities and the organizations available to help parents along the way. Stay connected with us by clicking the subscribe button and leave us a comment if you want to join in on the conversation. Can a narcoleptic teenager play NCAA sports? In today's episode, Tonya finishes her interview with our son Christopher as he talks about how he manages his studies and training schedule at college. He also shares how he overcame a major setback during high school before joining an NCAA Division II baseball team. And now it's time to hear the last part of Christopher's interview about his life with dysgraphia, ADHD, and narcolepsy. Um, Alright, so um, changing gears a little bit, I want to talk more about the athletics now. So what are your goals for the future? For how, how far in the future are we looking? Um, in general or? In general. Well, what, what are you studying in school? We'll start with that. Um, currently, I'm studying sports management with a, a minor in business administration. Okay. And then what do you want to do at graduation? What, what, what would you like to see yourself doing? Um, uh, I want to be playing ball, honestly. Like, I want to use my degree in retirement in the nice, like, I don't know how else to word that, but whenever I came here on my visit, uh, my coach there, my current coach, he asked me, uh, what do you want to do with baseball? And without it, I took about half a second of a hesitation, um, but I, I told him to his face, I want to make the Hall of Fame. So that, 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 if that's not your goal in whatever sport you're doing, that might not be it. Cause you should, you should try to be the best at whatever you're doing. And that is the competitiveness that I have in me for anything I'm doing. And it could be something I don't enjoy doing, but you're not going to beat me at it in a competition. So my, my goal is to be able to, to play pro ball one day and, and be, be as good as I can be at it. And I, I don't know how I'm going to get there. I don't know if I got to play overseas, if I'm going to get drafted, go play indie ball. How, how I'm going to make it happen, but I'm going to figure out a way to make it happen. And then in retirement, honestly, that's that's what I want. Because if not, I have to work a very depressing desk job uh, <laughs> until I make money to start my other business. And that is a very sad future that I do not want to entertain. So that that is my failure plan. And that's still going to be living good. So um, I just don't want that to be it. I want to play ball until it kills me. And I've said that for years that I will play ball until it kills me. So, um, but You're... after that, whenever I have the money to start the business that I want, I want to start a a very big rehab and uh, I call it a performance center because I think that's the technical term. Um, but a rehab and performance center where, it, in my experience of being hurt, um, I've always been told that the rehab that they do is just to get you back to where you can do normal functions, like like get up and down off the toilet, go up and down in stairs, get in and out of your car, normal function, but they don't get you back into peak performance. So I want to bridge that gap between the rehab and getting players and athletes back to peak performance 
and then getting them back into game shape and then getting them back into that and continue it on. So I want, I want to take the business to where they, they take you through rehab and physical therapy and all that, and then get you back into peak performance and into how to create you to be the best athlete that you can be. Cause I'm always going to be involved with baseball in some way, but I want to be able to, to share my knowledge and pass my knowledge on of, of uh, like biomechanics and, and all that of just the approach of how I, I go about playing the game that I love. And if I'm successful enough, I can sponsor a travel team because apparently that's the popular thing to do <laughs> once you're in the MLB. So that'd be cool to have these little 14 year olds look up to me and be like, I own them and they play for me and they represent me. You know what I mean? Like yeah. that, that's cool. Well, and how many, so, how many future hall of famers will you have oh, yeah. come through your program? I get, I get to look at it. Like how many, how many, how many players do I get to influence and, and help them enjoy the game that I love so much? So yeah, it's passing the torch and I I'll be better than Ted Williams because he could play, but he couldn't explain it. So, <laughs> so you, you mentioned that you want to do this because of some of the injuries that you've had. Mm -hmm. um, tell, tell our listeners about the major one that you had back in high school. Um, so I don't remember if it was eighth grade or ninth grade whenever I broke my wrist. Eighth, eighth grade eighth grade I thought it was eighth grade because it was three years later so in eighth grade I broke my wrist in a basketball game where a kid dove for a ball took my leg out and I, I literally supermaned into the ground uh hand first and um I broke my or I broke my scaphoid and um and uh I recovered from that and three years go by and I'm in my junior year and I, I can't even like shake people's hands because my wrist hurts so bad. And I get some MRIs and all and they put ink in your hand and they go look at it to look at the ligaments and they go, yeah, so by the way, wherever you broke your wrist, we didn't notice at the time, but you also tore the ligaments that hold your wrist together. And, um, and uh, I'm sure I'm botching it. And whenever one of my trainers watches this, they're going to tell me I'm wrong, but I'm pretty sure it's the scaphoid lunate and the T7 ligament? I know it's the, the scaphoid lunate is the name of the, the ligament. I don't know what the name of the tendon I, was. I think this one was the T7 that goes down this way. I don't know. I know I'm wrong, but um, um, so I got a uh, complete wrist reconstruction surgery on my right wrist, the one that I'm holding up right here that I've just noticed I'm holding up right here. And you're right-handed. Which is important. Yeah, I'm right-handed. I don't know if it shows up or not. There no, we it's, go. It's not really clear. Right there, that little that little strip right there that's just slightly different in color. So I got. Um, they took a ligament. They shaved like half the ligament. So, the tendon. Yeah, the tendon. I don't know what it's called. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> uh, out of my forearm, or no, not out of my forearm, the back of the forearm, and then they they uh, they put a screw in here. They wrapped it around and threw where they screwed a hole through the, the bone and they, they screwed it down on the other end and that's what holds my wrist together. And now I can predict the weather. So if it's humid outside or it's going to rain, I will know. So that was um, just after your junior season. Yeah. Ended. So my, not even, so about three games into my junior year, uh, we had this mulch sale thing that we did for fundraising. And I, part of that is I have to shake everybody's hands and it hurts so bad to shake people's hands that 
I knew there was an issue and then a week goes by and it hurts to swing. So I couldn't swing a bat effectively. So um, we're about four games in and we go get it looked at and all. And, um, and, and, and I'm literally for those four games, I'm just trying to fight through the pain. Like I have it taped up as tight as possible. Like, I don't know what else to do, but um, then, then we find out what's wrong with it. And they're like, you're probably going to need surgery. Um, but yeah, so I ended up being a PO that entire year, which for the, the, the NARPs out there, not non-athlete regular people, um, um, it, it's, it's called pitcher only PO. So you only pitch. And, um, that was my junior year. Cause we had to wait till the summer to get the surgery. So it was like a week before finals that, that year. Cause I remember taking my finals exam with my left hand, yeah. um, and um so i got surgery and um it was a long hill to climb back so my junior my junior year was a wash pretty much in my opinion uh, my senior year was basically a wash because i got two games in and then covid hit and yep. then um my my freshman year um and um i was pretty bad i was pretty awful honestly um because Physically, I was I was ready to play ball again, but completely mentally, I was nowhere to be found. I completely lost my mental game for for baseball, and um, I, I couldn't figure it out. And um, and um, it, it's one of those moments as an athlete, and everybody's been there, where you know that everybody else is looking at you like you are the worst person on the team. And you know, in, in deep down in your heart, as much as you want to deny it, you are the worst person on the team. And um, that is not a fun place to be. And most people quit whenever they're there, but I'm, I, I knew that I was going to figure it out. And fast forward till this year, I was pretty bad in the fall. I had some good days, but I had some really bad days. And I started figuring it out. And um and uh, uh, this kid I played summer ball with told me that, that if you can't figure if you can't figure it out or you're thinking too much, just swing. Just you got to swing your way out of it. You got to. It's the same as just you just got to fight your way out of it. So that's what we did. And and um, this spring coming back after winter break, I looked really really good and I was hitting really well in live abs. And then um, a, a few days before what would have been our first game, but it got rained out. Um, I lay, I lay out for a ball and, um, first of all, I would have caught it if I didn't break my hand, but I broke my hand, so I didn't catch it, but I would have caught it if I did. I have, no shortage of <laughs> I have no shortage of confidence now that I'm, I've gained my head back if you can't tell, but, um, I, I, I was, I was back to where I had been before, but I was, I'm so not happy with the fact that it took so long to get back here um but i'm just happy to be back here now and um it's good to be back honestly but i know that how bad that is for athletes and i really want to figure out a way um and just create that facility because then i can help athletes who go through things like that and figure out a way to get them back faster than i did and and, and in, a, in a way it's kind of paying it forward but I've had this idea since way before I had any of my serious injuries. I was in, I was, I wasn't even in middle school yet, and I had already painted up this picture of this mm -hmm. is what I want to do, and I've been saying it forever. So, 
it's like whenever people ask me about why I want to play pro ball is I remember the little kid who my mother always will tell you if you if you are any meaningfulness to my life at all she will tell you that one of my first full sentences is I'm gonna play baseball yep and then that yep. became I'm gonna play I'm gonna play MLB I'm gonna play for the Red Sox yep and then that yep. eventually became I'm gonna play for the Red Sox and hit two grand slams in a game Yep. So, and if, if that little kid that wasn't even two years old yet could say that and he could dream that big, then why can't I make it happen? So yeah. I'm not, I'm not doing it. I'm not doing it specifically for that little kid, but I do a lot of what I do for that little kid because that, that little kid is still here. So <laughs> if you got a dream, make it happen. So that, um, that's a lot of what I've said today in this entire podcast, but if you got a dream, make it happen. So because that little kid wanted to make it happen. Some of the, um, you know, you were talking about you had the surgery, and then you literally, I think January, the surgeon released you to go back full. Oh, full you, want to, you want me to talk about how I got the offer? Well, I was going to ask how you got the offer, but I was going to say something else too. Go, go ahead and tell it. So, so that that is a big question. If you mm -hmm. were like you say, how did you end up playing on a so... Division Two team? <laughs> So I got cleared from the, the surgeon to start swinging my bat again and all and participating in everything. And was it, was it two weeks or two months? You were released in January, like the second week mm -hmm. of January, and you went to the camp there in February. So, so not as like two, three weeks. weeks. Yeah. So like two, three weeks afterwards, I went to a camp here at this school and uh, this, this school is on my top five lists for destinations I want to go. Um, and I go there because they have an open camp. And I'm like, hey, at the worst case, this is just practice for me to get in shape again. Yep. And yep. I come and I do not the best from the get-go. Uh, by that, I mean I show up and about halfway there, we realize that I forgot my turf shoes. So all I have is, if you know what they are, they're the most comfortable shoes ever. I was wearing my moccasins in the car because I thought I threw my turf shoes in the back. And so I show up in moccasins and base, and I have baseball cleats, and that's it. And we were supposed to bring turf. So I'm wearing these cleats on their brand-new football field that it, they had literally just finished putting in like a week before we had gone there. And then we run our 60s, and I pull a hamstring in the 60s. So we're looking pretty bad from the get-go. Um, but we do our defensive throws, and all my throws are online. They're like one-two hops to people. Um, and um, I, I didn't feel good, like my arm, because I hadn't thrown much. I mean, I, I threw maybe like – in those two weeks, I threw maybe like four or five times, if that. So yeah. my arm was yeah. shot pretty much. Um, and then, then we go and we hit. And I don't hit like – how I hit before but I hit like 90% of everything backside and I hit it on a line so it wasn't too much air not too little and it looked good it looked it looked pretty good looking back on some video that we had of it uh, but it wasn't great in my opinion so and at the end of the camp I'm not expecting anything um, my coach currently pulls me over and um, and um, he talks to me a little bit and he's like we like what we see but I, I want to know like I want to know like what's your goal with baseball and I, I like I said earlier I paused for about half a second and I go I want to I want to be in the Hall of Fame so and um 
and uh, he, he said, I like the attitude and I like the fire you bring because I'm, I'm very competitive. And he said, I think that we can use people like you on our team. If, if you want to play ball in college, I have a spot for you. Uh, I call back this guy a week later and, uh, and um, I'm like, I want to play ball. And he's like, he, um, <laughs> he's like, do you want to be, do you want to be our mascot? And I'm like, yeah, I'm ready to be, be our mascot. And he's like, all right, welcome to the team. So now, now I'm here. And if you don't believe in God, that is a right place, right time moment that yeah, I easily yeah. could have never played college ball. But somebody gave me the right opportunity. And ever since that day, I've been proving to make sure that he made the right one. So so your first, well, we'll go back to um, your recovery time. After the surgery, you were, you went through some rehab time and we're working with a couple different physical therapists and like a conditioning coach mm -hmm. you worked with to try to get your stamina Personal back. Personal trainer, we'll call him. Yeah, so, 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 yeah, so you had a the physical therapy and you also had the trainer. And, um, and we can, we can put some clips up here of some of the things you were doing while we're talking about this part too. Mm. But, um, but you also, you and, and daddy worked together on making what I've always called your Fred Flintstone, um, Jim yeah. because of COVID because COVID hit uh -huh. pretty much right after you, you had just I, started I always, playing. I call it the, I call it the bedrock gym or the Flintstone corner, the Flintstone gym. So. Yeah. So do you want to describe what you guys did with that? So if you are a person like me and you don't live in a million dollar house and you don't have parents that are both brain surgeons, sorry, you, pro <laughs> you probably can't afford this thing that's very necessary for lifting. Uh, you can buy basic like squat racks and like bench press bars and stuff like that, but like it's usually very cheap. So it, it's hard to get what you need whenever it comes to um, equipment. So, but you, you can kind of Google like certain things and you can make them out of wood. So we made a squat rack out of wood because we, because whenever COVID hit the price of um, like cages, if, if you lift, you know what a cage is for, um, for at home type gyms. And for people who don't lift, a cage is just, it, it's a very simple thing that you can manipulate for bar it's, it's a bar rack, which you can manipulate how high the thing goes, depending on how expensive it is. Sometimes it has a pull-up bar over the top. And then on the inside, it has like safety, like like spotter catches or whatever. But it, it's, a, it's a basic setup. And then the sides have pegs so you can put, um, so you can put weights on that. But uh, for weights, um, for iron weights, at the cheapest so for dumbbells are the cheapest ones are like two dollars a pound and once covid hit those became four dollars a pound and for weight plates so 45 weight plates 25 tens fives all that um the cheap ones like the 25 like not the 25s i mean like the fives the two and a halfs and the tens those will be like 250 a pound but still that means that a 10 pound plate is 25 bucks right. so now whenever you get up to, to 25s 35s and 40s those will be like right now i think they're like four dollars four to eight dollars per pound so that's a lot of money to put into one 45 and if you get one you need two because you have to balance the sides and if you're someone like me, you need at least four or five of them. So that's a lot of money in just weights alone. And the bar you're going to be using is like, like the one that we have is like $50, $60. It's not the nicest one, but it works. So 
it's lighter and it's slowly starting to bend, but we'll cross that bridge when we get there. You can find ways to kind of supplement that stuff. You can't replace a, an Olympic bar. You got to just get a good one. We got one that's not the, the top standard, but it, it, it works well for what we need. We got like a cheap bench and we made the wooden squat rack, like I said, but we call it the Flintstone gym and I call it the Bedrock gym a lot. Because um, what you can do to make uh, weights is you can take quick crete, concrete and put it in a mold. And with a little bit of experimenting, you can add certain amounts and all that. So you can, you can weigh it and it'll be roughly 45 pounds or whatever weight you need. I have a few that are like 30. I think I have a few that are 32 or 31. They're, they're less than half a pound off. So they're as good as you need it. I mean, it's a cheap substitute and all, and if you really want something, you'll find a way to do it. So you'll find a way to make it happen. Yeah. So you had, so you had the trainer, you had the um, physical therapy, you made your own weights and were able to start working Mm -hmm. that way. And then um, I know for a long time, you and daddy were going to a local batting cage and working. So me and my dad, our, our church had a batting cage behind it and that was only down the road. So we'd go there a lot and we'd hit in there. Or we'd go to like the local ballparks at the, the 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 town ballparks or whatever, but those are like ten minutes away, so that's that's a drive. But um, eventually, we figured that it'd be worth our money to uh, buy our own batting cage, so we bought one and we put it in the backyard. We, by we, I mean he dug out like the the whole area and put in the um, wood and on the bottom, and we filled that up. And then we filled it in with gravel and um, our top layer of sand and all. And uh, we put a little turf mat in there and we have a little turf the side that I used to hit. And that, that's our that's our little setup. And we bought ourselves a little machine. We don't have a full size cage, so I got a Hack Attack Junior instead of a full Hack Attack. That, that, was, that was probably one of my best investments, just making things happen. But if you can't tell where my mom's going with this is I have always found a way to get what I need to go where I want to go and make things happen and half the time I I wish that money wasn't an issue but everybody knows that money is always the issue with anything you want to do but I wish that I could spend all the money in the world and get everything for the best thing but I can't so I find out what I can do and I make it work to to get where I need to go and I'm, I'm going to find a way to make it happen. So this is how I'm doing it so far. I've been really proud of you, though, too. I mean, because you you went through major, major surgery. This wasn't just a broken wrist. I've said it before that that anybody who didn't want to achieve what I want to achieve would have probably given up on on baseball after that surgery. So there's a lot of guys out there that are one that are that are one injury away from from being done with their sport. But I mean. I I hit rock bottom multiple times of like this isn't going to work out and we we are never going to get back to where we were and that is that is the worst place to be and we got there we got out of it got there again got out of it got there again and we're currently out of it so, so but I want to go back to but, even even before the you, surgery but, so, but I mean, you really got to fight. So, 
So, but you've been fighting since you were a little boy, though, Christopher. Yeah. You were trying to respectfully hand. fight a teacher that was making you sit on the sidewalk because you couldn't copy the things on the board right. So then you had middle school where you're being misunderstood by uh -huh. teachers and you're having to stay respectful and continue to work work through this. Mm -hmm. You've got later in middle school, you've got a mom that's yelling at you because you're falling asleep at the table trying to do your work. And, I had a bad mom. And you're not yeah. waking up. You know, so, so you've had you've had adversity all through all these years um mm. and those those areas that are considered I, I don't think they're official disabilities as far as not ever working but they're they're hardships that you go through in trying to overcome these challenges i think they've made you stronger there so are that, difficulties that regular people don't have to go through right but you've you've come through these, and I think you've proven to yourself that some things are worth fighting for. Yeah. And this this goal that you have in playing baseball, I think for you that's worth fighting for. And mm -hmm. and you've shown that because, I mean, you're down again. You you broke your hand last week. <laughs> it's mm -hmm. but your confidence isn't gone. You know that's just a temporary no. little setback here. Yeah. I, I learned big time from surgery with all my confidence leaving me because it's such a long recovery that I can't let that ever happen again. And this being so temporary, that's a lot easier. I took a few days to feel bad for the situation and now we're back to it. So nothing changed. It, I'll be good by the time that I, that I'm done. By the time I start complaining about wanting to swing with two hands, I'll be allowed to. Right. So that I, I'm not stressing over it too much. Well, compared but, to eight months, this is nothing, I'm sure. Compared to a year, yeah. yeah. But I mean, I mean, anything, it could be any walk of life. If you want to make something happen and you're really serious about it, you'll find a way to make it happen. And, and I've always been about that. But I, a part of the reason, and this is as I get older, because as you go on a long journey, and baseball is a long journey, most guys – most guys who play in the pros don't make their the average age that people make their debuts between 25 and 27. Wow. So a lot of guys don't play ball till in in the pros till they're 27. That's a long time of fighting for something that you really care about, and you can waver and you can all this and and I the the one thing that I keep reminding myself that keeps keeps me going is is I I think about where would I be. Uh, where, like I said earlier, where I'd be miserable working a, a day job is I remind myself, where, where would I be if it wasn't for baseball? Where would I be if I wasn't fighting for baseball? And I, I don't want that to be my future. So I'm going to do everything in my power until it kills me to make sure that, that I can achieve the goal that I want. I eventually really, really, really wanted to do good in school. I told my mom I was going to graduate high school with a 3.5 GPA. I think I graduated with a 3.4 something. Yeah. That was just low enough that they wouldn't round it up. Yep. Uh, I think it was like a three, four, seven something. I, th I think you're right. Um, um, so I was I was pretty close, and um, and uh, I want to graduate college with a three five as well, and I believe I'm at a three six eight right now. Yep. So if you really want to do something, whether it's academics or I don't know, wake up on time or. <laughs> If you really want to do something, if you want to be the best book reader, if you want to be the best athlete, if you want to be the best in the classroom, if you want to be whatever you want to be, and this is probably the third or fourth time I'm saying you can be whatever you want to be, 
but it, you you eventually find a way to make it happen and you can you can do it so you can do whatever you want and I was never told I was a smart cookie other than other than my mom telling me I was smart so no, none of my teachers really thought I was smart up until about fourth grade where my teacher told me like you're actually smart people just don't don't think you are because you cause, just because you look at it differently or you go about it a different way yeah. So I was the kid. I would. I was the kid that would do math the wrong way, but I'd get the right answer. It, it really is one of those things that, like, if you want to be something, you can be it. So, and I'm gonna graduate with hopefully three seven five because I. I don't know. I don't know. I want to get one semester where I want to. It's not gonna happen. But I, if I say it's gonna happen and I fall short, that's still above a three five. Yep. So, uh, but I want to get one semester right before O. All right. So, how do you balance rest, school, workouts, and recovery? School is after practice. I'll like eat something and like watch something for a little bit, but then you got to go straight into school because if not, it's going to be time to go to bed and you haven't done anything yet today. So you kind of got to find a, a way to get away from distractions and just do your work. Um, school is kind of easy because as far as not homework side of school, but class school is because you have a schedule. So you just got to be there and you got to work everything else out around it. Um, practice is easy because I'm told when to be places and how to be whenever I'm there. So that I don't have to plan that. It's kind of, it's kind of a given. Um, I, I'm always an extra work kind of guy. So on days that I don't have classes, Oh, whenever I was healthy, I'd go hit in the morning. And on days that I had classes, I'd stay after practice and hit extra then. I just enjoy baseball in general. Like, you don't have to tell me to do extra work. I believe in hitting every single day. And I believe in getting better every single day. And and that that's just something I live by to the point where if I don't hit for a day, I will be a little diva. And especially over the summer where we were traveling and I couldn't, I couldn't hit for a day. I had to take a day off. I would get so upset because I'm like, I have to hit every day. Yeah. Like I just have to, it's who I am. But during the school year, baseball is kind of easier to plan because you have set times. You have to be places. And um, all you're worrying about is eating between class and lifts and practice and all, because you eat a lot as an athlete, especially someone like me where I'm, I've been trying to put on weight for a long time and I am putting on weight and I want to put on more weight, uh, you, you kind of plan your day around eating because you do you eat, you do something, then you got to eat again before you do something else because you need the energy. And that, that's a part of recovery because your body needs to be fed. Other than that, you sleep when you can. So as soon as I'm done with work, I go to sleep and I call my recovery sitting in a chair and playing video games. All right, so what suggestions do you have for younger students who have narcolepsy and they want to play sports? do it <laughs> honestly do it because it, if you really love it go all the way and do it all the way don't don't do anything halfway do everything all the way to the fullest of extent so you can get the best out of it um whenever you're young and you're not in a college where you got to be places early in the morning and all um think about narcolepsy as a superpower because you need to sleep to recover so you get to sleep and be lazy and you have an excuse for it now. Um, but definitely, definitely, definitely um, don't think that because you can't get up in the morning and do things that you're at a loss or whatever. 
uh, a lot of times I go out, I, I hit at 11 o'clock tonight from 10 to 11. So you can find a way to do things um, to supplement at night. But one thing, unless you have the extent to have lights and all, try to get things that you need daylight for done to be able to get up and do things in the daylight. But don't, don't think about missing out on days, stuff like that. Just try to get better every day. And I need some of y'all to become athletes in college. So I'm not alone in this. So I need some D1 kids out here. All right. So for the coaches, what suggestions do you have for them as they're working with student athletes that have narcolepsy? For coaches or for athletes? For the coaches themselves. Um, understand that it's not that we want to be dragging and be looking like we're lazy. It's that we physically cannot feel any other way sometimes. Um, and that mornings are hard for us and that we need some type of support to make it work. So uh, I, I'm very independent and I play for a coach that tries to make us independent and work on our own. So I don't ask him for much to help me. But if I need something, I know that I can I can schedule a meeting like we did earlier this year and we can make something work. If you, as an athlete, need help, ask. And it, as a coach, be supportive because that that's the best thing you can do is you are their coach at the end of the day, but you should also care about these kids and their well-being. And if, if they have something that is that is preventing them from fitting the, the ideals, it's not sometimes if, if they're a narcoleptic kid like I am, it's not because they want to, to stand out and and you shouldn't make them feel like I always say subject acts, not like they stand out, make them make them feel like everything's all right. And if you need to work on a special plan, then you can do that. So well, like you said, one of the things that there, you had... there's always there's always a way to figure it out. There's always a way to find a way. Because like you had so. mentioned um, having a teammate coming by to yeah wake to make me up sure you're in the morning. Up. yeah so, so there's ways to work together maybe the coach could be part of that I mean, proactively. At, the, at the end of the day as a team your team is your family so you help one another honestly you you help one another if, if somebody's lacking you help them at the end of the day you all love each other and you're all a family so we we've had moments where we're all sitting there and they're like 20 years from now i'll remember these guys all right so those are the main questions that i had for you but we have a section of every interview that we call the speed round and mm -hmm. um we're going to go into that now and the speed round is we're not going to time it but it's a series of 10 questions and mm -hmm. the questions have three open-ended questions and seven that are either or questions so they're not hard, but they can become difficult if you think too hard on it. So this is the section of don't think, say, and don't say a lot. Right. Okay. So, so this, is the this, is, this is the section of, hey, Christopher, quit giving long extended <laughs> answers and so, just say it. Do you remember Pop, Pop always it. told you that the best answer was the first thing that you thought of? <laughs> yeah. This is going to be one of those cases where it's true. Yeah. I still do that. I just try to sound educated whenever I say things yeah. and that ends up being a lot of words. All right. So the, the idea on this though is speed round. So we're going to go fast. Yeah. On this. So the first okay. three questions are open-ended. You answer whatever comes to mind on these. You ready? And the other ones are either or, right? Right. So I'll give you a choice okay. of either two words or two phrases. You choose which one. Okay. Okay. Ready? All right. So favorite color. Blue. Last book that you read. 
Uh, Pimp by Iceberg Slim. Favorite holiday? Christmas. Okay, and these are either or. Cake or ice cream? Ice cream. Batman or Superman? Batman. Ocean or mountains? Ocean. Winter or summer? Winter. Watch a movie or read a no, book? No, 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 summer, summer. Are you sure? Yeah. Okay. Watch a movie or read a book? Uh, watch a movie. Harry Potter or Lord of the Rings? Harry Potter. And Twitter or Instagram? Instagram. All right. So thank you for being a guest on the show here. I always enjoy talking to my children, so I enjoyed it personally, mm -hmm. but I think our listeners hopefully were able to get something out of it. Um, those that have um, children that have been diagnosed with ADHD, with dysgraphia, even dyslexia, because it's such a similar situation um, there, and those that may be questioning narcolepsy, if those parents have questions, or even if the older kids have questions, can they contact you directly? Follow me at uh, C-W-O-L-L-U-M underscore 16, C-W-O-L-L-U-M 16. And if you are DMing me about a question, uh, start that off with Rubber Ducky, so I know that it's you, because who else is going to start off a text like that? <laughs> well, that's the end of the recording part. I hope you enjoyed hearing about Christopher's story and his goals for the future. Next week, Tracy Wilkerson talks with Tonya about what it's been like to parent two children with visual impairments. She'll be sharing some tips on how she has helped them learn to navigate the world and how they inspired her to become an orientation and mobility specialist. You've been listening to the Water Prairie Chronicles. Any resources mentioned during this episode will be posted in the description. If you're interested in joining us as a guest, contact us through the links in the description below. Be sure to subscribe and share it with your friends. We appreciate your support as we build this resource. Thanks for joining us, and we'll see you next week for a new episode.